So here we are with episode 34 of the Florida Trail Runners podcast. We're talking about stories from the lake to ocean 100K. You know, Jeff puts on, Jeff Stevens puts on one heck of a race out there. You know, this is the course that goes from Dupuis, JW Court, Hungryland, Riverbend, into Jonathan Dickinson, and it ends in the ocean at Hope Sound Beach. And on the podcast this time, we've got Mr. A1 Andy Kroom Matthews and then we've got A2 Andy Barrett both of these guys have ran every single lake to ocean with varying degrees of success these guys know this course back and forth so hey without further ado let's kick this episode off two one get out of here crew stay Joe, how you doing? Good, good. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right, A1, A2. Hey, how are you guys' feet? You have they gotten uh, unsoggy yet? <laughs> no, no foot issues for me. I think they must start at, at mile forty-eight. No, I didn't. I didn't have any feet issues. Although I think where was I uh, at Corbett at the Corbett Aid Station, back of the pickup truck. And this woman walked by. She goes, what the hell is wrong with your toe? And I had this <laughs> Alice left over from the Keys. Uh, all the water at Lake Ocean, it broke, it broke loose and about an inch and a half of skin hanging off the end of my toe. <laughs> oh, my God. This is called normal. That's what I love about this sport. It's like, <laughs> it's like it doesn't mean anything, you know? <laughs> that skin's just there. It doesn't yeah. matter. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I know after uh, Keys, I physically just reached down and pulled my small toenail off with my fingers i just clutched it real hard and pulled it right off with my fingers <laughs> and i realized that might be odd in some circles but it's a little toenail what the heck just pull it off yeah that's such a wild thing with going from keys straight to like the ocean going back doing um miami 50 50 tomorrow or saturday yeah i saw yeah. that saw yeah. that facebook post <laughs> oh i don't uh, know michael ryan well at all do you know him I, I don't even know the name. Uh, he's he's uh, he did uh, fifty fifty last year with Twan. Okay. So he's the guy that was with Twan last year. Five. And he he sounds like my speed. He goes, yeah. Last year we we hit a fi- farmers market and had tacos. And he said, you know, I just I said, you know, you sure? I said, you're looking at fifteen hours. I said, I'm I'm fifteen hours. He goes, that sounds perfect. He goes, I'm. Saving up for bad water anyway. He goes, but I, I, I don't want to miss the opportunity. I'm like, all right. Awesome. So we're going. <laughs> I don't know. A taco stand in the middle of a race sounds... Well, my only problem is I would buy a new plant for my yard in the middle of a 50 mile and have to carry this thing around with me. Yeah, Barry does that <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> my 50 last year where Patrick, I got into a CVS... And he basically laid out flat on a pallet of, of uh, bottled water. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I take a nap in the air conditioning. Oh, man. That's what I have to look forward to. <laughs> but I'm finishing this one, goddammit. 50 is <laughs> my jam. I was going to say, 50 miles is just about, it's just about your, your regular. That's my, yep, that's my jam these days. 50 miles. Do it. But, hey, I'm ready to kick it off officially whenever you guys are. Oh, I thought we had. I mean, technically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. There it is. I'm, all, I'm game. All right. But, hey, you know, I guess we could kick it off with what brought you out to the lake to ocean? Because I know you both of you guys have a longstanding history with the race. I would like to say that I have completed the uh, Hungryland 50K uh, as many times as anybody. Um, I have started Lake to Ocean every year and i've completed the hungry land 50k every year all right okay barrett top that <laughs> <laughs> i both started the race every year 
I, I wouldn't even gone that first year um, if Andy hadn't told me at the last minute, hey, I think there's a spot that opened up. I didn't, even, I didn't have a crew. You had Susan Anger as a crew, and you got you, we conned her into to crewing both of us because we were going to run together the whole day. Um, and then we got <laughs> separated, and we, you, you, um, you did your traditional 50K, and Susan came and crewed me to the finish. That is correct. <laughs> we got we got we got separated because he left me. <laughs> it's not like we we just like uh, you know, yeah. But he went on to win the race, so you know that was a good that was a good decision. He, yeah, he won the first three years, didn't you? Won I won the first three years, won and the then the fourth th- year I ran a my personal record better than any of the first three years. And I finished fourth. We actually had some better runners show up and just crushed my times. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were before just running as fast as you needed to. That's yeah. You know, if anybody had been on your heels, you would have run faster. I thought I was, I ran it the fifth year because I thought for sure I would go over 50% on my finishes, but uh, yeah, that has not been the case. I guess 27, was my last finish and then 2018 was the was the water year which um you know the water there wasn't more water than this year but there was just deeper um, early on yeah where i got to take a swim it's a crazy race it's crazy but i love it reminds me of all my exes i loved it but it didn't love me (laughs) (laughs) It loved me twice. <laughs> With the deep water, though, that that's something I was kind of curious about because obviously I've I've watched from afar, you know, through Facebook. But what's the terrain actually like out there? Like, how wet do you actually get? It, it depends on the year, Joe. So w- we've had years where the only wet spot was about a, a two hundred yard section at the very end of Corbett. That's that's virtually always wet, and y- you know you got wet up to your knees or maybe up to your waist going across this one section of water. And then towards the end of the race, about mile 57, 56 or 57, there's a crossing of a Creek where you go waist deep and that lasts all of 30 seconds. And then other years you go miles without seeing dry land miles and miles. It's, yeah. it's ankle deep, shin deep, knee deep, occasionally hip deep. And, and you're just, you're slogging through the water as best you can. And it, it'll get up there beside you. I mean, it, it'll uh, it'll grate on your nerves when you're going through five miles of water and you haven't had a dry step. There were a couple of times where I just, I mean, uh, man, I almost cursed, almost <laughs> cursed. And I, I was like, gosh, I need a just a dry step. Just give me a dry step. And uh, fatigue, just fatigue set in. So it was it. It's, yeah, would you say you were sweating, swatting, and swearing out there? <laughs> yes, okay. I, I I sweated, I swatted, and I almost swore. I'm not. I can't <laughs> swear that I swore, but uh, I can swear that I feel like swearing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a mental grind as much as a physical grind in that in that water, Joe. I, I ran um, most of Corbett and the first half of Lock, uh, all the way through Hungry Land, and the first half of Loxahatchee with Kayla and Violet. And we committed to running every step of dry land because, you know, when you're in the water, you're just burning up time. You're lucky if you're doing a 22, 25-minute pace. And there'd be places where you'd run 10 feet and then walk 50 feet of water. And then you'd run 20 feet and then you'd walk another 100 feet of water. There, you get no rhythm at all, but you have to be disciplined to run every step of dry ground. Yeah. You're going to miss the cutoffs. Yeah, you couldn't. Uh, yeah, and I – um. Uh, when I was coming at, just to give you guys a little bit of um, background, uh, when we were talking um, Hungry Land, that's at the 31-mile mark, okay? Uh, and I guess Corbett is is leading up to Hungry Land, right, Andrew? You got it. Yeah, yeah I think it's between Corbett and uh, Riverbend Park. Right. And then uh, from uh, at, when you leave Hungry Land, you go to, which is my least favorite uh, part of the course, and that's uh, from Hungry Land to Beeline. It the, is Loxahatchee uh, Slough before you get to Riverbend Park. Yeah, yeah, and and that that's just um, that going up to Beeline is five miles of just crap. You know, I mean the course is gorgeous except for that section. It's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you can get through that. And here's the thing: 
that's an excellent place to cut the course. You know, <laughs> I mean, a guy could a guy could really make up time, but then you're not doing the course. You know, and then what do you do with your buoy, right? I mean, like, okay, I earned this one by cheating. You know, it's just not that's <laughs> not going not, on the shelf. No, exactly. Now, if there was prize money involved, oh hell yeah, I'm cheating every time, every <laughs> single time. But get a snorkel suit or an airboat. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so that that one just beat me up so bad, and I didn't run. If you remember Andrew leaving Hungry Land, that first mile uh, of the canals was runnable. Yeah, and I I didn't run at all, and I should have. And, and if I had run all of that, I think I probably would have made the cut off at R- River Bend. But yeah, because uh, c- once we left the canal and turned back into yeah. the roads, it was it was a slog. It was, and that water's dirty. It's not like the the Corbett or the Loxahatchee water, which is a lot cleaner. It's it's free flowing, and I um. I shit you not. I, I am not. I am not kidding you here. When I was running through um, uh, Loxahatchee, um, I was running on what was supposed to be a hiking trail. Okay, I mean this is supposed to be dry land, and there's a, a, a 18 inch long fish swimming next to me, and I'm like, this is not. And I had to go. I got, I went around it and passed it because I didn't want to. I didn't want to get. Uh, I didn't know if those things, it looked like a, what we used to call a gar, uh, cigar shaped. Yeah. Alligator gar. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. And I didn't know if they bite or what, but I went around that sucker (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, I'm racing a fish. This is supposed to be a running race. And I saw two of those at different, I just was cracking up, um, at that point. And that section, um, I really enjoyed it, even though it was underwater. Uh, just it was pretty, and I hadn't been there since uh, since 2017. 20, yeah, I hadn't been that far into it since 2017. Last year, I, I dropped at the observation to- tower due to medical, and that was at about mile 40. And this time, I did make it all the way to 47. And every time I got a rhythm going, I'd... I'd hit a cypress knee that was under underwater and I'd bang into a tree or end up on my knees. And it was just, it, it didn't make sense to run, but I needed to run in order to make the time cut off. And, and I, and I just didn't make it. I, I man, I wanted to make that so bad. That's one where, you know, I felt pretty good, but I just couldn't get the time. I just, I just yeah, couldn't do it. it. It's a shame you met, you missed the cutoff because I, I I'm with you, Andy. That Loxahatchee Slough is is the is the gut buster. It's the one that's going to knock you down and out. Yeah. If, if anything will, if you get to the zoo with time left. Yeah. Then, Jonathan Dickinson wasn't a walk in the park. Right. Say, but it's you know it's it it was mostly runnable and you can get a rhythm and and you can get through there. It's it's getting through the slough intact that yeah that that makes or breaks you in this race. Arg, arg. <laughs> yeah, and you know like even uh. uh Corbett, as hard as it was, I mean, I expect that to be hard. It's hard every year. Yeah. You know? Um, so it's, you yeah. know, I, I, I kind of held my own through there. And then I just got destroyed after Hungry Land. It was, it was sad. It was sad. <laughs> <laughs> Amy went from urging me. And then when she saw me, uh, um, when she saw me emerge at, at uh, Riverbend, she's like, okay, what do you want to do? <laughs> she went from get your ass back out there to what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, well, my, my, by my watch, I don't really have a choice in this, uh, you know. And being being a race director, I couldn't do that to Jeff. I couldn't let him, you know. And also, and uh, as a race director, uh, Ancient Oaks is always going to be in my mind, you know, when they lost somebody for 30 hours or whatever and i didn't want to be that guy that they were looking for you know although i did have my phone and i I, you know not too proud to call for help uh but i didn't want i didn't want jeff worrying about me and and i and i was over the cutoff you know and if i if i want people to respect my cutoffs i gotta respect uh you know other people's cutoffs even if they're not there to enforce it so you know plus you know, I knew I got a ma- meal if I quit. Whereas, <laughs> there's not much open at one in the morning in Jupiter, Florida. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, Andy, I know you saw a gar out there, and Barrett 
on your A2 Ultra blog, I know you mentioned seeing like gators and you know, you saw fish as well. Did you guys see any other wildlife out there on the course? Well, it, it was weird. Most years you see big gators. Like last year in Dupuis, early, right, right about the nine mile mark, there was a nine foot gator laying across the trail. Every runner <laughs> had to go off trail through the high grass to get around it because he wasn't moving. Um, there's, a, there's a spot in the back end of Corbett. I haven't seen him in a year or two, but there's a 13, 14 foot gator that lives in a, in a canal there that, that uh-huh. you see. And then i saw that sucker this year you was, saw him i did i was running with dave um if you, you remember dave yeah uh, and he and that gator was very vocal and dave flipping freaked on me man he's like oh my god and he he took the widest the widest route away from that water and i just <laughs> i stayed on the trail and i was glad i did because it was huge it was i mean and i actually was looking at him as he was yelling at me Oh, <laughs> Andy, that's a good gator sound. <laughs> but he, he he just then he went under the water. Uh, but it was it was cool and it, and it was nice to see that. It, and uh, I knew I could outrun Dave, so that's why I wasn't too scared. <laughs> I'm like, look, uh, you know. I, I might not be able to outrun you for this entire race, but you know, I, I know I got you for the next thirty yards if I need to. So, so I did get to see that huge gator, and I saw him in the water, and I saw it go under, and that was gorgeous. Um, that is so good to hear he's still out there. Yeah. I, I was afraid a hunter had gotten him. Joe, yeah. this, this they talk about alligators being dinosaurs. This thing is truly a dinosaur. It, it is primeval. Yes, it is. Uh, when you know. look at him straight on, he's got to be four, maybe five feet wide across. Oh, the yeah. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> like the monster cool. out there in Lakeland. And um, yeah, I also uh, I also saw the largest wild boar that I've ever seen while I was running on the trail. Uh, you, you know, uh, like when I was running up to the power lines a mile 15, aid station jeff was there and i started singing my version of the baja men who let the who let the hogs out because there was a lot of hog damage early but then um it was i was running coming up to to river bend when i i saw this had to be over 200 pound hog and we were separated by a canal so i was but otherwise that one would have scared me that would have really because that thing was huge (laughs) And three crawfish, and I only got injured by one of the crawfish because I was looking at it, and while I was looking at it, I, I tripped and fell, and it was laughing. Did, did they do the same thing to you, Andy? Did they bow up with their with their arms in the air like? Back yes, off. yes, back off, buddy. Absolutely, all three of them did. All three of them did. And they so. they don't back up. They're like, no, they don't. <laughs> the perils of running lake to ocean. Screw you, Jeff Stevens. Um, I love you. I love you, Jeff. I, I did have I did have one of my closest snake encounters ever um, in Loxahatchee. I, I, Joe, I, I wrote about it in the blog. There, I, I was it was shallow water, only about ankle deep. So I was trying to trot it. I was I can't say I was running, but I was kind of trotting along, and I'm trying to watch the trail down in the water because you can kind of see the sandy part in between the grass, and the coming the other direction down the trail, swimming along in a you know in a serpentine motion, about a three foot water moccasin. Ooh, beautiful. But just as I registered that it was a water moccasin, he registered that I was coming at him. And his first reaction was to curl up into an oh. attack position. And his head came about six inches up out of the water. And he was ready to strike. Oh. And that, that that was just about the time he'd figured out that I had frozen in my tracks and peed myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he decided he didn't want any of that urine on him. So he took a right turn and went oh. off the side. <laughs> This was this was after you when you were ahead of me. So I ran through your pee. That's great. That's, that's exactly right. Well, that's why that. the water was so warm. That's <laughs> yeah. true. It the water the- was warm. I never was cold uh, during that race. I, so. I really started to think through where Jeff would have brought the uh, the helicopter in to pick me up because I was like, "There's nowhere close to where this happened." Yeah, um, I just saw two black snakes, and I wasn't. Uh, Almost stepped on one, but I wasn't worried because I was like, you're harmless. I try to coexist as well as I can with, with nature. But yeah, the moccasins, I do, I do not like. 
Yeah, they're they're unfriendly for sure. Yeah, and then you've got the you know the the trash talking crawfish that wave their hands around at you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they have they have no fear because I saw a crab bigger than any of the crawfish, and and he he put his arms up in the air too. But the first thing he does is go sideways and get away from you. Like, hey, I don't really want to fight. Hold yeah. somebody, hold me back. I'm crawfish. They don't give ground, man. I'd be you know you don't see that as a college mascot, but that would be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> like the alligator swims away the snake swims away uh-huh crab and the crawfish they'll fight Con- you confrontational you know it <laughs> and i i swear it it did a tripwire something's why i fell because i was looking at them I'm like seriously you're gonna put those claws up and then boom i'm on the ground <laughs> <laughs> suckers um, but anyway, in case you hadn't figured, I only made it to 47. I, I got timed out. But I, I'll tell you what, I enjoyed every step of it. I still love that race as much as it doesn't love me. Um, next year, I'm going to finish I, I, <laughs> with as bad a streak as I'm on for that race. But uh, I'm going to do every step of it. I'm just, uh, um, you know, I'm getting lean and now I just got to get mean. So. You're on your way. You had a rough health spring. I did. I did. Um, but uh, that's that's behind me, so look out. <laughs> I'm going to be back on the good streak. Last time I had a bad streak like this, um, I emerged from it and had a, a whole bunch of finishes in a row, 100 miles, 100 Ks, all that. So um, it's, uh, it's time to, for the good streak to start on Saturday with the Miami 50-50, and that's going to be the start of the good streak. Yeah, then you can come out to the uh, Skunk Ape Night Run. Oh, yeah, you know, I signed up for that. I got in before it sold out. I got yeah. in. Yeah, I'm coming out. You know it. It's another wet race, Andy. Make sure you put the Vaseline on your feet. All right, I will. Hey, I don't know, because I went out there today, and that spot where normally there's a ton of sitting water, the whole creek bed is dry. Really? So it it might be a dry year. It's always it's it's so fifty fifty out there. Such it a great is. venue, Joe. I'm glad to see you uh, putting doing some races out there. You know, um, it's just it's a great it's a great venue. I uh, maybe we can partner on one. I've I've pl- toyed with the idea of a double marathon out there. Joe, yeah, the the Green Swamp is is so beautiful. The trails there. There's so many varied trails there, and so few people really know about it. Yeah, that's why I love it. You know, I mean, yeah, I bought my house specifically, um, secretly specifically, yeah. within, you know, 10-minute drive from the swamp. <laughs> that's right. Colleen's like, why are we here? Why are we doing it? Why are we moving here, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Circle K down the road, it's got, you know, they refill your propane. It's cheap. You know, we've got a, yeah, we've got a Chick-fil-A and Wawa yeah. just down in Zephyr Hill. So That's right. <laughs> so this is prime location. I swear it is. <laughs> N- never mind the 60,000 back, 60,000 acre backyard with, with 50 miles of single track. Oh, man. <laughs> I, first time Barrett took me out there, I'm like, you know, we've been running 13 miles. And we haven't crossed a, another road or seen another person. I mean, it was it was awesome, it was you know, and it still is awesome. That's what uh, um, I'm all for it, man. All for it. Yeah. So I guess you know, with talking trails and the course. So for Lake to Ocean, you start out at Lake Okeechobee, and I know for the first preserve or reserve you enter is Dupuy. How did right. those early miles go? I we think. Were, Go ahead, Andy. I was gonna say we ran those together, and and actually, um, we 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 thought we were gonna have a magical race because it was kind of cool, and there wasn't any water in Dupuy, even in the cypress trees where they're usually, even on a dry year, there's there's at least uh, you know foot deep, uh, shoe deep water there, so those early miles uh, uh, we had high hopes. And go ahead with your impression of. Uh, run it I, I so often. The, the, the what little effect we felt from the storm, we, we got a little bit of light rain and clouds and 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 breeze in the morning. It was it was really comfortable running. It was really dry, and we were flying. But but even on on tougher years, I think Dupuy is the easiest of the four sections. Yeah. Even when we're coming the other way on Just Survive, where we're going east to west, it's um, you can really bank some time through that section. It's 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 not. It's typically not as hog. Right, 
it's not quite as twisty and and it's certainly consistently not as wet now you mentioned just survive what 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 is that i'm not what is what is that <laughs> that's the that's the seat well i don't think it's a secret anymore that's the double race it's a unsupported uh two times travel across the trail so you start it you start at the the ocean uh, at hope sound beach you run 62 miles to lake okeechobee and you turn around and go back um and you no crew <laughs> no pacers no support you get four five gallon buckets um with a lid and whatever you can fit into those four gallon buckets you can use for supplies during the race and anything that you want to unload has to fit inside that bucket oh my god man what <laughs> what and you have you ever finished it what's the, what's the story with that not nice setup i i, I am uh, two for four on that course Tw- once i made it to the lake and had no interest in turning around and going back uh, another time I went to the lake and I went back through Dupuy and I just couldn't face Corbett in the night. Corbett scared me. Um, and I sat down and wouldn't go any farther than twice I finished and won. All right, man. So this, this course has been pretty good to you. Um, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> it really, is my I mean, favorite course in the world for more than one reason, but yeah, I've, I've won five races on this course and I, 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 I seriously doubt I'll do it again, but I'm going to go back and keep trying. So, Take that, Andy Jones Wilkins. <laughs> he's, a, he's a five-time winner on this sucker. That that is to me is a, and and like all right. So what do you do? I mean, do you just put a gallon of water in your bucket or what? You know, how do you do that? I, I, how do you just survive? Yeah, ba- basically, it's about a, a gallon and a half of water. So I put a gallon jug and a couple of smaller water jugs. I okay, put a couple of sodas, a couple of of uh, protein drinks, a bunch of you know baby foods and Cliff bars spare socks vaseline uh, a headlamp change a shirt whatever i can stuff into that five gallon bucket i i maximize the space and then you know whatever goes into my into my pack at the at there uh, allows me to take the old the dirty stuff or the empty stuff and and shove it back into the bucket awesome Man, and actually, that- you wind up spending a couple of minutes trying to tetris it all back in there i would think so that's that's crazy that's crazy yeah, that's like when the teacher says that you can uh, use notes for the test and you get one well, piece of paper so you just cram jam the entire textbook into one page. That's that's pretty much it. You got yeah. <laughs> you got to figure out what's important to you. Like the idea of, of having spare shoes is is out of the question. Uh, there's just no way I can get enough fluid and food into that bucket and also get a pair of shoes in there. It's just not going to happen. You know, that's a good point too with Lake to Ocean because I know that other part you know, J.W. Corbett's just absolutely wet as heck. So how <laughs> yeah. So how do you game plan for a race that you know, like, your feet are going to be trashed? Like, do you carry extra socks or shoes or, you know, that, that good lube, that Vaseline or clothing? Well, a cu- couple things there. Andy and I both use this trick, learned it years ago. I sl- In any long run, even if I don't know if it's going to wet even if i think i'm just going to sweat into my shoes a lot i uh slather my feet in vaseline before i put my socks on and it kind of closes up closes up your pores and acts as a lubricant and i can get depending on how wet the course is i can get 30 to 100 miles out of a single sock change um but 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 on this race when you're going through all that deep water the the issue is silt washing into yes so, see, all that water keeps coming in the top every time you step in the water. A little bit of silt gets left behind every time. And within 10 or 15 miles, you've got about two pounds of sand in your shoes. <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah. I did one sock change. And, uh, I mean, there was so much sand in there. It was uh, – it really felt good, though, for the next couple miles after that. Yeah. yeah it, 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 I think it makes a big difference. Uh, your feet actually hurt because they, they, they get crammed inside your shoe. There's no room left. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I, I, do a, I do a sock change, and then I just use a little bit of water to wash out as much of the, the, the silt that's inside the shoe. But I, I, take off my, uh, I take off the socks I got on. I rub as much of the sand off of my feet as I can, and I, I, I Vaseline them up again and put a clean pair of socks on every 15 miles. It's a good strategy. It's it's been working. Yeah. The other thing I started doing, Andy, we talked about this, is um, you know a lot of shoes the uppers are cloth. They're kind of right. light, and when that water washes in, all kinds of silt washes in with it. 
I've started using my speed goats, even though this, you know, for, terrain wise, there's no use, there's no reason to wear speed goats on, on flat Florida trail, but the speed goats have more of a, have a lot more rubber on the upper and, and not, not nearly as much water washes in your feet are still going to be soaking wet, but there's not as much water bringing silt in. So I, I right. it takes longer to, to build up. Yeah. And that, and that's, that, that were, those were actually torrents that I was using. I looked afterwards and I certainly filled up. I mean, part of that too is foot care. So, like, I guess, how do you really take care take care of your feet? Because, like, I remember at long haul that my my feet were so crinkled that I had <laughs> blisters on both sides of my skin flaps. I just what Andrew said the the Vaseline and and um, you know I use Injinji's most of the time. Um, I generally will start in them, and then if I have to change socks i'll put in something that's not as hard to put on just you know a traditional sock um but i've been very lucky i mean i'll get uh you know friction blister generally on my right great toe but other than that i i haven't that that method's worked for me i haven't had any foot issues i'm with i'm with andy i'd say in the last five years, I've had maybe three blisters. I, I've, I've been a little bit lucky. I'm, I'm in a shoe. I'm in a shoe that fits my foot well. I use the Ingenjis and I use the Vaseline, and the combination has has kept me largely blister free. It's rare, rarely an issue. Yeah, so that's a good point too. So, if someone, because I've always wanted to do like the ocean, but I'm kind of thinking, well, I don't know about all that water. <laughs> what would be your advice to someone that goes? Hey, Crew I, I want to do this, but I don't know about all that water. Crew it, Joe, and that'll tell you, you know, <laughs> whether you want to invest in it. Because, um, look, the journey, the adventure, if I didn't really relish that, why the heck would I do it? Because I'm not any good at it. I mean, <laughs> but it's just, it's going to be so great next year when I do finish. You know, I and it's, I mean... I am nothing if not optimistic about it. I know I can do it. Um, I've done it before, but I would say crew it and, and just it's it's worth the experience. Um, you're yeah. in a place, you're close to, um, you're in Martin and, and Palm Beach County, and these are heavily populated counties, but you're not in the populated parts. And it is, it's almost unbelievable that you're in such wild area and these two counties that, you know, that are known for having millionaires and multimillionaires. And I guarantee you, those saps haven't been in there and seen 13-foot <laughs> gator or <laughs> been attacked by water moccasins. I mean, it's it's just uh, it's totally worth doing, totally worth it. Yeah, you, you really do feel like you're out in the wild. And I, I, I like his idea, Joe. You, you just going to to the aid stations, you get a feel for what you're in. But but there's a couple of places from the aid station. It's a quarter mile to get out into the cypress hammocks, and out into out into the into the fields and get a feel for what it's like. And it's it's magical. There's there's I, I've I've not running into anything else quite like it in uh, in Florida. Um, and in terms of being ready for it, you know, running in, in running in wet ground. The uh, the, the two things I try and practice other than just being on trails is one i try and run where i know there's going to be hog rut where it's going to be my ankles are going to turn a little bit left a little bit right a little bit up a little bit back on on every step and get used to that wobbly surface and then i try and get in a couple of beach runs where i can actually run in the water and i'll try and get down to where the waves are coming in and run in three to six inches of water and just get used to that idea of my feet being heavy and pulling my wa- my feet out of the water and and my shoes filling up with a little bit of sand and just getting some comfort level with how that feels and how that works. Okay. That's actually super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, if you get, get out there and crew, uh, Jeff always does a hike at, um, I guess they, they do it at the power lines cause it's 15 miles for the runners, but it doesn't take that long to drive there. So they usually do a hike out there. Um, so that would be a, a cool thing, you know? Um, I've got my crew, um, my lovely wife, she's turned in the greatest crew in the world, 
but um, uh, there's always people looking for for crew. So yeah. I would say that uh, I would definitely do that. Make that plan for the, your first Saturday in June next. Year. Make that plan. And, and Joe, you'd be you'd be a valuable resource out there because that's that's not like crewing any other race where you just need somebody to show up and have you know be able to open the back of their car and have access to your cooler and your food and stuff. You need somebody who knows what they're doing and they're taking care of you because every almost every time you come into an aid station, you're going to be depleted. You're going to be over mm-hmm. You're going to be not wanting to quit necessarily, but thinking about there's better places to be than, 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 than <laughs> yeah. Here. yeah, I got to admit after that damn crawfish attacked me and I was on my hands and knees in the mud. I was thinking that, you know, this isn't as fun as I remembered it. But <laughs> fortunately, that that uh, negative feeling didn't uh, last too long. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but yeah, again, Joe, with your experience, you, you, you'd be a real value to somebody and in, in, in being able to be not just making sure they were getting what they needed to be ready for the next leg. But, but you know, being a cheerleader, getting their spirits up and letting them know, keep, keep, keep going. You got this. The, the hardest part of this race is stepping <laughs> is stepping out into the next leg. Um, uh, Jeff C., the race director, gave me uh, a little mantra. Screw you, Jeff. Or- <laughs> <laughs> Steven's forever thinking of the race. No, I like this uh, saying, though, so go, go with it. So he told me just before we started Just Survive, he goes, Andy, think about it this way. It's one step eight times. There's, there's eight legs to this race, and all you have to do is step out of the aid station onto the next leg. you got to take one step, and then the rest of them are easier. So I, I said that to Kaylin, and I think I said that to, to that girl, CJ, that we ran with early. I said, there, there are five aid stations here plus the start. Six times, you just had to take one step. And if you take that one step, you'll make it to the next aid station and just gather yourself at that aid station, get yourself regrouped, and take one step. And, and pretty soon, a few miles later, you'll be at the next aid station, and pretty soon, you'll be at the finish. It's true. I wish I'd have had the time to take that one step out of <laughs> Riverbend. I really do, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, when I finish it, I'm going to finish it the yeah. right way and, you know, making all the cutoffs and all that stuff. Yeah, because right. I know you have, you've got Powerline, um, Cross South Grade, the Corbett Main Gate, somewhere over by the railroad. And there's another one. I don't know where it's at. But the zoo. Yeah, for your, crew, for your crew stops. Did you guys have a crew plan? Yeah, I, I told my crew to meet me at every one of those spots. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> now my, Show up and we'll see what happens. So, so Andy has Amy, and, and I have my daughter, Rebecca. She has she has uh, lived through this ultra experience with me since she was about 10 years old, or maybe a little earlier, and she's been crewing for me since she was about 13 or 14, and she's, she's a pro. Um, so I just – and I know I can count on her to be at the aid station, have everything ready. She'll hand me drinks. She'll hand me food. She'll refill my pack. She'll tell me to shut up and stop whining. <laughs> and then she'll tell me to stand up and get out of the aid station. She, she, she's on it. And I know yeah. same, same for Andy. Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? There's so many times when I want to. Amy, it's not like she won't let me back in the vehicle, but she won't let me back in the vehicle if the race is still going on <laughs> so she was like i was like man I, I just don't have it today she goes yeah but you still have time so you're gonna see if you can find it and she literally will i mean that's what she, and then she'll go hey what's that over there and then she'll just drive off so i got no, <laughs> i mean she 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 has done that before and one time when she did it i ended up finishing the race that was in 2017. I mean, I wanted to quit. I was just because, you know, I was dragging one leg. She, you know, and she's like, you still have a good leg. And I'm like, yeah, I, I do have. And she drove off. And, and sure enough, after about a mile of dragging that leg, I was able to use it again. And, I, you know, I finished the race. So um, it's definitely that tough love, which it, you don't always appreciate at the time. But um, I certainly do appreciate it because, uh, you know. Uh, it's not this is not a, a sport ultra running is really not for a, a person that doesn't have a lot of grit and um, you, being smart is not an asset in ultra running <laughs> <laughs> just being able to turn off that um, that whining gene and that pain gene if you can do that you can be successful and that's much more important um, and, uh, and also having a 
having a good crew like Becca or Amy, boy, that helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. I know I'd be thinking, well, you know, if you quit now, we can do this. We can, you know, we can do that. But, uh, you know, if you, you got to have one job when you go there, and that job is to get to the finish line. Uh, everything else, I know that uh, Andrew and I have both uh, DNF'd uh, Ancient Oaks, and just because we didn't really want to be out there as long as it was going to take. I mean, that's uh, had other things in mind, like getting to a football game or something like that. And uh, that's you can't do that to to be successful. You got to have one thing in the front of your mind, and that's finishing the damn race. <laughs> yeah, you, you you're absolutely right, Andy. You you've got to have focus. You got to have purpose, and and you really need to wipe out Sunday in your mind. Yes, Let's yes. The Saturday race. Mm-hmm. The idea that, that you got to be someplace Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, you just got to eliminate that from your thoughts. Uh huh. Because it, it's real easy to say, oh, my goodness, I'm two hours behind time. Now I'm only yeah. going to get five hours sleep before. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and that's been a factor before. If I, if I, you know what, if I take this thing through, that means I'm only going to get three hours of sleep. That's, no, nah, that's, that's not how you, that's not any way to think about it, you know. You got one job. And you'll see, I'm going to finish that skunk cake, Joe. I promise you that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's only 18-ish miles, so. Yeah, it's like a nice over glorified long run with a ton of potluck and really good food. All right. Oh, I enjoy. Yeah, I enjoyed the food last year, Joe. That was that was great. <laughs> but do you think like having family as crew? How does that compare to having either randos as your crew or people that you just kind of know as your crew? Andy, I'll let you take that first. Um. It's it's like anything, Joe. It's communication. You just have to have clear, com- you know. Like some runners are, some runners really need a lot of um, aid, and some people are laid back. But but you have to, you, as long as you clearly communicate, you can have anybody as your crew. I, I find that um, like your crew has to really know um, the difference between hurting an injury never want anybody to run with an injury but if they're just hurting like amy's really good about that with me she can tell if i'm actually injured or if i'm just hurting and she knows that sometimes if i sit for a bit or if i if i just walk for a bit that the hurting is going to go away or i'll be able to force it out of my mind but if she thinks i'm injured she would she never would uh let me out there so i i I think the better you know a person, as long as you have that, uh, as long as you can do tough love with them, then that's good. Uh, you can't crew somebody if you're worried because they're going to cry. <laughs> because uh, I don't know anybody uh, that uh, doesn't want to cry sometimes, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're out of the race. Sometimes you just need to. I mean, you know, not me, but other people. I don't cry. Yeah, I- yeah, that's a good point. I remember um, for the Iron Horse 100, there was a guy that just messaged in the uh, Facebook group about saying like, hey, I'm looking for a pacer. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'll pace you. And granted, I had volunteered the entire day, smashed a case of beer. All I right. forgot that the last <laughs> loop meant I was doing a marathon. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his, his A goal went away. So we were shooting for his B goal. 24 hours we got okay we we can do it and there are points that that i was like hey look uh two minutes is up uh we gotta start running so i was kind of poking him like hey let's go hey let's go and he obviously he's mad as hell he's swearing and he starts running and then we get to a point where he thinks there's a hill there and i'm like hey look there there's no hill here like we gotta run like oh damn it and he starts running but it's like, it's so crazy to the fact that like, yeah, you picked a pacer who, hey, I'm a, I'm a total stranger, but I'll get you to that finish line. Yeah, I, I've used pacers that I didn't know anything about, um, but you know, they were they had the the ability, um, and so generally, like, pacer is the runner guides pacer. Hey, just but you know, crewing is a, a little bit different. 
I think it really, it definitely helps to be very familiar with your crew person. But, uh, you know, there are, like, I feel like I could crew anybody. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, you know, we, we're experienced enough. I think if there's a lot of people out there experienced enough, you could probably crew just about anybody. But if I was going to a race, I don't know that I'd want crew that wasn't, that wasn't family. And when I, when I say family, I don't necessarily mean blood family like my daughter crewing me. I mean, the Thompsons are family. Right, uh, absolutely. You, know, you, you and Amy are family for me. Right. I, you guys have, have crewed me. And you need somebody, that, I, I need somebody that knows me um, and isn't just supplying the cooler. Right. Uh, th- that, that's important to me. A pacer, I think, is a little bit different. And kind of what you described, Joe, you know, you can be a complete stranger. I, I had I had an amazing race at Umstead this year, but I got to that last eighth loop and was really suffering. And uh, and as I came through the, the, the start finish that, that seventh time, I asked for a pacer, and there was a former Floridian there, Lucas Smelser, who, who came out with me. Guy didn't know me from Adam. We met we met on the course as I started the eighth loop, and, and <laughs> he was he was money. He talked to me the whole way through through the loop. It was fantastic, but but I don't think I don't think you can do that with with crew. That's a little bit different. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good point in uh, in comparison. You know, pacer, you, you need you need somebody that shows you that that running can still be done. This is a you can you mm-hmm. know, you're by mm-hmm. yourself. Kind of what you were talking about, Joe. This looks uphill to me. This is this this looks like a walkable section. Well, if your pacer is still running a nine-minute pace, you know it's you know it's it's not it doesn't need to be walked. <laughs> it's like I know you're at mile ninety-eight and I'm at mile thirteen, but <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got it. But yeah, so I guess Andy coming into, I guess your TNF, but and then for Barrett, you know, you're finally on that last wildlife management area. I guess you got like uh, Jonathan Dickinson and you're kind of moving toward that. How did those miles go leading up to Jupiter and Hope Sound? And I guess for Andy, mm-hmm. kind of what happened? I'm going to get my part out of the way quick so Andrew can, because I, I want to hear um, his impression of, of uh, JD and the sand dunes and, and the road leading into the, the Hope Sound beach also. Um, mine was, uh, you know, I was fighting, I I was looking at my watch and, you know, eight o'clock and Jeff had said eight o'clock was a hard cutoff at river bend. And, you know, I figure if it's right at 47, I've got a real shot at making it. Uh, but if it's at like 47 and a half, I'm going to, it's going to be hard for me to, to make the cutoff. So, you know, it, it forced me to really try to power through some spots that weren't, weren't runnable for me at that time and um you know i could see that where the sun was and i knew you know i knew about what time it was but i didn't want to look at my phone to to check a time because my i can't tell on my watch it's the numbers my eyes are too old and the numbers are too small i can't see on my watch (laughs) um you know at the time of day uh so i didn't want to look and just and then when i got into some um the the clay roads and river bend there's a there's a couple miles there where you know you can really run and and i looked at my watch and i'm like yeah even if this is right at 47 i'm gonna have to run you know a nine minute mile to get there and it turns out that by by my watch it was at mile 47 and a half so i missed it by you know like 17 minutes um so, uh, but I was, you know, I was, I was kicking, I was trying. <laughs> it just, uh, you know, I was like the, one of those cartoon characters, the legs were moving, but I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> I just couldn't make up any time. And, um, anyway, that, so that's my story. So I didn't get to see JD, but I, I'm excited to hear about it. So uh, JD was, JD was fun. Um, you know, at the zoo, Mark Kudak was there. He had gone out and, uh, and put a uh, climbing rope across the Hope the Hope Creek, because it was chest deep and it was moving through there uh, pretty stiff. Like if if the rope wasn't there, I think a couple of runners could could have gotten carried away. So I was definitely depending on it as as I went across. But but he told me it was fairly dry. Other than that, and I anticipated doing a fair amount of running. And then it was it was a lot wetter than I anticipated. Right. 
and, and you know, dusk is coming. It's getting dark. The tree frogs are starting to sing. It's beautiful. I've had a good race. I know I'm going to finish. I, I, based on what my daughter told me, there, there's there's nobody close enough in front of me to catch. And I didn't think anybody was close enough behind me to catch me. So I was just kind of lollygagging and enjoying it and so, soaking up the sights because John, you know, parts of Jonathan Dickinson, you could just you can see for a mile in every direction. You're in this big field with with sparse trees. Yes, I remember uh, that. <laughs> and 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 I was just kind of cruising along, and I took a sharp turn, and I looked over. I looked over my shoulder, and I saw I saw a headlamp, and I was I eyeballed, it and I said that can't be more than four or five minutes behind me. Well, that's bullshit. I'm not getting caught this late in the race. <laughs> <laughs> and so I ran. I, I decided I was going to run as long as I could without a headlamp until I was out of sight from them um, so that they wouldn't know there was somebody in front of them they could catch. And after I ran for five or six minutes like that, when I finally turned my headlamp on, I was like, well, I feel pretty good. I might take this in. And I, I ran the last six. I, I had a great time. I ran the last six miles in up and over the sand dunes. I walked, I walked the uphills in the sand dunes. Those things suck after 60 miles. <laughs> um, and I hit the pavement and just, I, I felt really, look, I wasn't, I wasn't setting any land speed records, but I was running a 10 and a half, 11 minute pace uh, down the final stretch. I felt great. I felt great jumping in the ocean, although I was, it was af- after dark and I was afraid of the sharks. I didn't go very deep. Hey, does the salt water sting? Um, if you've got any kind of chafing, um, shockingly so, yes. <laughs> let's, let's put it this way. If you've chafed and you didn't know about it, you do once you hit the ocean. <laughs> and, and usually it's, it's not in a good place. That's pain I'm looking forward to. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, I guess, you know, we'll kind of wrap it up with, you know, I guess those final thoughts, those final opinions, but also the good, the bad, and the ugly throughout your entire lake to ocean running careers, you know, this far. It's my favorite trail in the world. I've had more success, more fun, a couple of ugly defeats, um, some really hard times, and and uh, just a, an amazing amount of wonderful times. It is so beautiful. It is so wild. You will see, hear, and do things there that you will do almost nowhere else. And, um, you know, I I see myself going back to this race every single year until I until I know I can't do the course anymore. I'm going back. I haven't missed one yet, um, and I, I don't plan to. I mean, we'll see. Maybe I'll get a new attitude if I get uh, you know a couple of finishes. But uh, you know, shout out, and and I know I said screw Jeff Stevens several times uh, because, uh, but. you know he he is such a wonderful guy um you know he doesn't he doesn't make a dime off of this race he just does it because it needs to be done and um it's you know he he hand makes the uh hand hand stains and paints the buoys that that are the finishers awards and uh you know he's he's just what a what a good dude what a good dude to do that and um he's uh you know, uh, I, I, part of me, <laughs> no, I can't even joke about it. I I'm just so thrilled with the race and so glad that, uh, you know, he, he got another race director for a couple of years, but then, uh, she moved off to Idaho and he's taken it back himself and really provided a, a hell of a, an experience for any runner. Uh, um, and, and Joe, that's one you need to do. It's absolutely one you need to do. Um, and I just have to, it's, and it's hard because um, a lot of people only know me as a race director, uh, but I, you know, there was a time when I was a, a pretty fast, pretty good ultra runner, and um, it's not been the easiest thing to not finish races, but one thing that's great about it is I still get the enjoyment out of it. I get the adventure, um, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm making some, some changes whereby I think that I'm about ready for another good streak of, of finishes. But then, you know, after that, something will happen again where I will, you know, wh- where my luck won't go as well. But, um, you know, I'm going to, uh, I know I have another good streak in me and I know that that streak is going to include a solid, uh, Lake to Ocean finish. So damn right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, but every one of them, 
you know, the, the DNFs have also been special because, you know, you, you find out I'm learning, I'm learning. And, you know, I'm, I'm, what am I, 60, 70, 80? I mean, I'm, I'm not a young man, but I'm still learning. Uh, and like, I've learned tricks about the heat that I probably would have never known had I not, had it not been for that race. I've learned uh, water tricks I'm run, running through the water that I would not have learned. Um, and also, uh, Andrew Barrett and I have become two of the best trail navigators around. Uh, several people got lost on that course. And I was like, how? You guys should have run it in 2014 when there was a blaze on the tree about every half mile. Now they're all over the place. <laughs> um, but, you know, we that that course has really taught me how to navigate trails. So, you know, if a trail's marked at all, I'm, I'm not going to get lost. So. Uh, yeah. That's, a, that's something we didn't, we didn't talk about there, Andy. And you, you're absolutely right. I, I think Lake to ocean teaches of the lesson as much or more than any other course will, which is you've got to run heads up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're locked into watching your feet and being af- afraid of tripping or, or where you're stepping, you're going to miss the next blaze. You you have got to keep the, the ground in your periphery, and you've got to keep you've got to yep. keep high level on the trees, at, 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 right directly in the middle of your line of sight. Absolutely, and you're never looking for the next blaze. You're looking for the one after that. Yep. You know, because yeah, there was this little girl. <laughs> I think her name was Jess. Um, I we were running, uh, we were leapfrogging the the entire uh, race back and forth. And when we got in uh, near the observation tower, which is where I had to bag it uh, in 2021, um, she was 100 yards down the trail having missed a turn. And this was the second time I I got her back on course. I'm like, hey, oh, hey, back here. And and she saw me and I pointed and she said, oh, thank you. And uh, I should have, but I did not wait for her to catch me because I knew she saw where I was going. Um, and that's the last anybody saw of her till about midnight when her crew found her wandering the woods because <laughs> she got she got lost shortly after that. And I, you know, I uh, felt bad, but um, you know, what the heck? At that point, I still was uh, hopeful of a finish myself, and so I left her out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> But but on the trail, I left her out in the woods. But on the correct trail, like navigation is totally different compared to your average A one ultra event. Well, yeah, it's different. Yeah, a whole different thing. And and I that's one of the things I love about the Lake the Ocean is the wildness. And I don't think I would appreciate it as much if we had those clothespin orange ribbons, you know, every tenth of a mile, as I told Dan Miller at. Uh, uh, sweat, swat, and swear. I want them every tenth of a mile. <laughs> tenth ish. No, I I said every tenth. I didn't give them the ish. <laughs> I didn't want you know. And even then, you know, sometimes people get lost. But anyway, they they haven't. Uh, don't you think, Andrew, that that course is uh, there's a lot more blazes out there than there were in 2014? I I think you're probably right, but there's also part of me that wonders that if, if just run running it. The, yeah, thirteen, fifteen times now. That <laughs> yeah. We kind of have the turn head. Yeah, that's yeah. Let's like the tick. I mean, there's places uh, doing the, doing the tick where I know people are going to miss turns, and but but we've done it, and I mean, I don't even think about it. I'm like, bam, that's where that turn is, and I could I'm like, heck, I could get some popcorn in a lawn chair and watch people miss this turn all day long. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, guys. So what's what's the good, bad, and the ugly? ugly is my finish rate um good is the enjoyment i get from being out there and and the and the great people like andrew and jeff uh and kaylin that are that are out there every year and and andrea what a great addition she is to the race um and let's see the bad uh bad is uh uh hotel prices in jupiter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty expensive out there well that's my good bad and ugly good <laughs> bad and ugly i guess on, on my part uh, the the ugly is probably the inch and a half of skin that was hanging off my little toe the woman pointed out to me at the corbett aid station that i had to tear off yeah uh, <laughs> the bad is probably if my doctor found out i actually ran the race after she told me not to <laughs> 
And uh, and the good is that's it's just my happy place. Good things for me. Good good things happen at Lake to Ocean. I, I you know I, Joe, I said before I'll go back there every year I can. I I can't have a bad run there. That doesn't mean I won't DNF another race. It doesn't mean I might not have an injury or have something else tough happen to me out there. But it'll all be good stuff because it just I'm on that trail and and incredible things happen there. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, Joseph. Time to watch the lightning game. I was going to say, yeah, I think that game's coming up. So, hey, guys, I appreciate this. Thank you, Joe. It's a pleasure talking to you. Heck yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Be good. Be young. Have fun. Drink Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Bye now. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. And there we have it with episode 34 the lake to ocean 100k with a1 and a2 and as andy said it go bolts let's get that stanley cup and and until next time happy trails